Welcome to the CGOE Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Andrew Harder, the head coach of St. Paul's Crusaders boys hockey team. Just captured the Winnipeg title in dramatic fashion in a shootout over Dakota. We'll also talk to a Manitoba weightlifter who can't go to the World Juniors because that tournament has been canceled. The coronavirus. How does she feel about not being able to go? We'll also meet the newest member of Valor FC all on the podcast. Division one title in the Winnipeg High School Hockey League was captured by St. Paul's Crusaders last night, thanks to a heart-stopping 2-1 shootout win over the Dakota Lancers, in which Dakota scored with 10 seconds left in the third to tie it to send it to extra time. Seventh title in the last decade for the Crusaders, 16th in program history. And here to talk about it is head coach of the Crusaders, Andrew Harder. Andrew, congrats on the win. And let's start with that shootout. You're standing on the bench there. How nervous are you as that transpires? Yeah, you're not you're not really thrilled, that's for sure. I mean, obviously that can go either way. You just yeah, I don't even know what I was thinking. You're so focused on who uh, who my shooters are or picking my shooters and making sure that's all in in line and so you're kind of still pretty busy. You're the nerves haven't set in yet. They set in though when you're you've submitted your list and then you're you're watching them shoot and only one shooter out of the 10 scored, so it was pretty crazy. Yeah, kind of helpless feeling on the bench, isn't it? Totally. That's a great word. Totally helpless. Yeah. And you're just, you're just hoping it's going to go your way. So it comes down to the wire because Dakota ties it in the final seconds. How do you get your team to reset after being just seconds away from a championship? Um, you know what? Yeah. You just have to talk with them that look at that. That's really unfortunate. Uh, good for Dakota to battle like that. Uh, they're a well-coached team. They're 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 They just didn't stop playing as well and so you just want to reset uh we went through the exact same thing the week before in the semifinals with vincent massey who tied it on us in game three with 12 seconds left and then we ended up winning that game in overtime so the boys had some experience on how to on how to let things go and regroup for overtime so you go to the shootout yeah it's it's five shooters aside only one scores for your team and when you're watching it on the bench there i heard that a dakota player snapped his stick on one of these shot attempts he did yeah he did that was so unfortunate you you feel terrible for the guy he it, it, he looked like he still got a pretty good shot away but it, it did it did snap on him that's for sure yep tough break literally for dakota there uh so adam stewart yeah. from your team scored the only goal in the uh, regulation scored the shootout winner how big of a role has he had in your team's success through this season and obviously last night uh, a, a huge, huge uh, component of our team. He's a three-year player. He's one of our assistant captains, and he's he's just an awesome kid. He's 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 such a nice kid. He comes to work every practice and every game. He gives it everything he has. He's he's a joy to coach, and to see him have success like that in in such a uh, a big game. Now his nickname with the boys is is Big Game Stu. So he's, he's I'm really really happy for him. Just objectively, as a, a person who follows hockey, doesn't it feel a little unsatisfactory to finish off a title with a shootout, though? Absolutely. I mean, I think we should be playing until there's, uh, like, play, what I mean, playing, playing, playing the game of hockey. So I know there's time constraints, and I know there's ice time restraints. I get it. Um, but, yeah, for sure. I mean, your heart goes out to Dakota to lose that way. And it's, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what to say about that. But for sure, I would like to see the game played in its entirety. Absolutely. 
So just play three on three until it's over. Yeah. Like, I mean, we played five on five for 10 minutes. Uh, maybe after that for 10 minutes, go three on three or something. But again, I know, I know there's ice time constraints. And, and so it's something hopefully maybe we can look at going forward as a league. So that's seven titles now in 10 years for St. Paul's call you a dynasty safe to say <laughs> sure if, if that's what you want sure that sounds good does that help you recruit uh I, I don't know like i mean there's there's certainly no recruiting going on in our school it's uh it's one of those things i think we're successful programs in in any sport in and and we have lots of successful sports in our school um people gravitate towards that um so we have a pretty hefty tuition bill, so the recruiting is non-existent in our school. Um, we just, yeah, you just hope to get some good players and, and work really hard for the season. Uh, forward Luke Benedictson was chosen as the most valuable player of the series for your team. How important has he been to your success? Uh, yeah, really good. Luke is Luke is a dynamite player. Uh, this is his first year with us. He's in grade 12. He's, he's a big, strong center, highly skilled. Uh, so he's yeah he's been instrumental in our uh, in our success this year for sure. Uh, he finished as our leading scorer during the season, and he's just he's just all over the puck at all times. He's really good to watch. Does winning feel just as good every time, even though you've won so many? Does it still feel that great when you you've won so many? I get that question quite a bit, and you know what the the honest answer is yeah it does. It feels great because the truth is it's a lot of different kids every year and it's a lot of different situations every year so in that regard it's like a new season all the time so it's yeah it's it's really special because each each one of them's compartmentalized into into this group of 20 guys and 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 what they've gone through and what we've gone through as a team and so yeah it's it's pretty special every year i think with hockey more than any other sport except for maybe well obviously football most of the Winnipeg High School Football League teams are, are in Winnipeg, and that's still like the provincial championship. But for yeah. high school sports, hockey seems to be the one where it's mostly Winnipeg teams that are winning the crown. So you've got this – you get the city title, but chances are you're going to end up seeing similar to the same teams as you go for the provincial title starting on March 13th. How unique is that to hockey in this province, or am I grasping at straws here? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. There's going to be so we've qualified Dakota's in as a host, and then there's a couple wild card games um, versus uh, who is it? It's Vincent Massey versus River East, and then Garden City versus Oak Park. So you're right. It's going to be all the same teams again, and then there's the two, two rural teams added, um, and so it's you're competing in the same a similar type of format. Obviously, that it's the same teams you, usually. And then, uh, so it's extremely hard to duplicate the success from a week earlier as all these other teams are just gunning for you and um, you just have to refocus and regroup. And it's, yeah, it is it is unique in that regards for sure. Yeah, we don't always see double dips with the city and then the province. I mean, look at your team, right? You won in a game three in yeah. overtime to make the final. You win in a game three in overtime to win the title. Hockey's like that, right? A puck bounces one way or another and that could decide everything. You got it. We could we could have been long gone last week already, and maybe not even got a provincial wildcard game. That's exactly the 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 season that the high school hockey league 
was enjoying this year. There is a lot of parity. There's a lot of good teams right from the, the, the top eight that were in the playoffs. Like, I mean, look at Dakota. They beat uh, number one and number two, River East and Garden City, to get to the finals and then took us right right to a shootout, right? So from one one to seven or one to eight, the parity is really, really close. So it's anybody's uh, championship this coming weekend, that's for sure. Does a provincial title feel different than a city title? In what way? The satisfaction of winning it. Uh, no, I don't think it feels different. I think they're pretty equal in, in everybody's minds. Uh, you you want to win both. Um, you're you're still pretty happy if you win one, that's for sure. Uh, so you have the unique opportunity to to win both. Uh, and because it's it's fairly rare to do that, it's that's what makes it extra special if you can actually if you can actually pull off the double. So yeah, they're both pretty special, that's for sure. How did you celebrate the win last night? Uh, the, the, the coaching staff, we just went out for, for a bite to eat. We were starving. Yeah, I guess uh, with the game goes so long, right? You're so focused on the moment, probably what, like half an hour later, it's over and you realize, oh my God, I haven't eaten in four hours. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And then, uh, uh, yeah, so, and our coaching staff is awesome. We're all really good friends. And so it was, yeah, it was nice to, nice to hang out last night a little bit. Well, congratulations again, Andrew, on this win. Good luck at the Provincials, and uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks very much. Take care. Right now, I want to talk to the newest member of Valor FC, goalkeeper James Pantamis. was acquired on loan from the Montreal Impact. The 23-year-old spent the last three years with the Impact after signing his first pro contract with the club in 2017. Originally from Kirkland, Quebec. Joins me now from his home in Montreal, James well, when are you going to be making the trip to the peg? I will be flying to Winnipeg on Sunday. Okay. How did you get to the point where you uh, wanted to join Valor FC? Yeah, well, if I take it back up until the, the end of last season of the MLS, which was in October, I was speaking with the club and my agents, you know, trying to find an option where would be best fit for me to get uh, games for this upcoming season and um, we were speaking to teams in the CPL and again um, I was also watching Valor a little bit closely last season because I had a few friends that were playing on the team so it was a team that I was watching and I knew the coach Rob as well from uh, past uh, national team camps and at the end of the day we, we, we got in touch and it was the right fit for me and then we we were able to go forward with it. So when we see the the news release saying they've acquired you on loan from the impact, what does that mean? Uh, basically, means that uh, impact the Montreal Impact still I still belong to the Montreal Impact, but they're lending me to Valor FC for the season. And then after the season is over, I'll be going back to Montreal. Okay. What did you think of the CPL? The quality of play, watching it in the first year. I was I was very surprised. Again, I think that every not many people knew what to expect with the first season coming along and especially that I got a taste of what it was because I played my first professional games against two CPL teams with Montreal Impact, York and uh, Calvary. And I was very surprised at the level. I thought it was a great level for for the first year of the league, no one, not anyone knowing what to expect. And I've been watching the signings closely this past uh, off season, And I think the league's continued to grow and I'm really looking forward to see uh know where it's going to be and where it will be in a few years but uh, again I'm, I'm optimistic that the league is uh growing and it's going to be even better and better 
as a 23-year-old Canadian, obviously growing up, you didn't have a Canadian league. MLS has had a footprint in this country for a bit now, but how big would it be for a league like this to succeed long-term for Canada's soccer? Oh, I think it's huge. I think it's huge. I think that oh, we even saw it last year with a couple of players being uh, called up to the men's national team. And again, you, uh, I think uh, it's a great opportunity for not only outside players who want to come into play for Canada, but for local local kids who don't have a professional club or are not ready to make the jump to the MLS or just want to play professionally in Canada. It's, it's a great option for them. And I think uh, the league uh, couldn't have come at a better time. How did you enjoy your time with the impact? Well, I enjoyed it. I, I feel like I've it's my club that I've, I've grown up with. I've used to watch them when I was a kid, when I scored a fan, and then I joined the academy at a younger age, 16, and I went through the ranks, made it to the the reserve team, and eventually to the first team. I, I'm very grateful for everything that uh, has happened with Montreal so far. How long have you played soccer? I started playing soccer when I was four, and then I became a goalie when I was nine. And why did you make that switch to net? Um, I think a couple of reasons. One, my father was a keeper as well. He just played uh, for fun with his friends. And I remember going to the park with him a couple of times just to watch him or even, you know, like I always just loved going into the net and saving people shots. I just didn't like when people scored. And I thought that, oh, you know, we we might have something here. And then uh, I guess another, maybe my young younger coach when I was younger would see me or see a potential in me going in net, And we just pushed me through there. And that's it. That was it. What kind of person does it take to be a goalkeeper? Is there a special mindset you have to have? Because you're alone for a lot of times and you're having to protect a very large net. Yeah, I think it, uh, you need to be special to be a goalkeeper. You need to, I personally think it's the hardest position out there. You know, like you said, uh, you're alone. You you only share it with a couple of other guys on the team. And uh, it's it's all a mental game. You know, you go 90 minutes without seeing a shot. And in that 92nd minute, you get that one shot that defines the whole game. So you need to be focused every second. And um, I feel also you have to have a little bit of a craziness too, because not many people really want to throw their face in front of a ball to save it. But it is what it is. And you see keepers just throwing their bodies around full sprawls. Do those hurt when you're sprawling through the air like that to try to save it? Uh, it depends. I think we get used to it over the over the years, you know. Like you, you learn how to absorb certain shocks, like when you dive and go. But obviously, it's never fun to get a ball into the face. But you do what you got to do to keep the ball out of the net. Talking with goalkeeper James Pantamus, who has been acquired by Valor FC on loan from Montreal Impact for the upcoming season. And oftentimes, when watching soccer, I, I don't. I've never really played much, so I don't know the intricacies of it all that well. But I see the keeper kind of directing where people should be on a corner kick, or on a set piece, uh, a free kick close to the goal. How important yeah. are you in trying to make sure everything is set up correctly? Oh, I think our role is huge in managing the team because I think we have the best view of the field. We're behind everybody; we see it all. So it's important to help out the team not only with making saves, but vocally. I think that, I don't know the exact percentage, but I've, I've also I've read the amount of times a goalie would touch the ball, actually, saving-wise or with his feet. It's not much compared to having to direct your team. So making sure your team's organized, moving here, moving there. Uh, you know the set-piece routine. You need players placed in certain positions, and you got to always be there to remind them. I think it's very important. How tough is it to stop a penalty kick? 
Oh, well, of course it's hard, but I just, the reason that my, I would say my mentality behind it is that you're not really expected to save it. So you just, I feel no pressure because they have all the pressure to score. So, you know, there's tips and tricks to always to find, you know, you try and find that little bit of a movement in the hip or, you know, little things, but uh, it's difficult, but you know, if you get it, you're the hero, right? Then I feel like if you let it in, it's not that big of a deal because it's more pressure for the forward to put it in. Did you play any other sports growing up? I played hockey for a bit. I think I stopped at uh, 11 years old. But um, uh, at that point, when I was 10, 11, I made the decision to continue on soccer. Were you a goalie in hockey too? No, I was a player. I liked playing goalie for fun. You know, my friends at home or like on the streets or at the outdoor rink. But no, I just played the... I think I played forward. Okay, wasn't that good to be honest. <laughs> well, you decided. I guess it worked out for you to start. Go yeah, on it was soccer. a good choice. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a good choice. Did you care about the Expos at all before they moved? Uh, I don't think I was that old. I wasn't old enough yet, yet to really, you know, be attached to them. I still think it would be great for you know the city to have another sport, and especially like a major, like Major League Baseball, would be great. Um, but I wasn't necessarily uh, of age okay. to really get tied to it. Okay. What about the Alouettes? Yeah, the Alouettes. Of course, you follow them, right? You want to support your local teams. Uh, used to go to games when I was a kid. I still go a couple of times now. Not as much because we have a, bit of, a little bit of a busier schedule. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I like all sports, to be honest. So I'm a sports kind of guy. So you're going to have to park that, though, because you're going to be sharing a stadium with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers now. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm gonna have to uh, try not to be biased towards uh, my Montreal Alouettes, but we'll be nice. I'll be nice to the Blue Bombers. How much time have you spent in Winnipeg before? I've never been. Oh, never been. I have my. I think my mom has been there a couple of times for work, and my aunt. But other than that, uh, never been. So, what do you know about it? Um, I know it's cold in the winter, but you know, from what I've heard, summer is a very nice time. And like right now, like. We've been trying to find, you know, like living arrangements and all that. And from everybody that I've spoken to, they speak really highly of the summertime and, you know, like how the city is. And uh, again, I had a couple of friends who stayed there last year, so I'm optimistic. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to my new home for the next uh, for the next year or so. All right. Well, I appreciate your time tonight, James. Good luck on your transition to Winnipeg. And maybe we'll catch up with you later on in the uh, preseason here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good night. The coronavirus has forced the cancellation of a number of sporting events worldwide, one specifically having an impact on a Manitoba weightlifter. 18-year-old Rihanna Skelton of Melita won the junior title, Canadian junior title, in January and was set to compete for Canada at the event in Romania slated to begin in a week. But it got canceled. And I caught up with the weightlifter earlier today asking her about the disappointment of not being able to battle for a world title. Um, it was definitely disappointing. Um, I have been training lots um, in the last month after nationals to prepare. So when I found out, I mean, it's definitely disappointing, but it's also exciting because I have more time now to get stronger and better um, for senior nationals in May. Did that interrupt your training at all to find out you wouldn't be able to go? Um, it didn't interrupt it necessarily. It just kind of changed our goals and kind of our pattern of what we were doing. I guess at the start of the year, do you kind of have a, a, a calendar of the events that you want to hit over the course of the 12 months? 
Yes, we do. And then my coach lays out kind of a plan, um, you know, as to what training is going to kind of look like over the season. Um, so it definitely threw a wrench in things, but we can always adjust. It's easy to do that. Right. Now, are you still eligible for the juniors after this year, or will this have been your last year to go to the juniors? I still have one more year. How often do you train? How many hours a day d- does it take to train to be uh, a top-notch weightlifter? Um, so I train five days a week, um, and it takes about an hour and a half to two hours, so about 10 hours a week or so. And the two days of rest, how important are those days to keep you fresh for the other five? Um, yeah, they're definitely important. Um for recovery and just for like mentally feeling prepared um, is definitely a big thing with those rests. Have you heard anything more about the coronavirus? Has this been a, a topic of discussion, especially with the Olympics, perhaps, you know, maybe not happening this summer, depending on how this health situation unfolds? Um, I haven't really been involved in, you know, a lot of, those situations where the coronavirus would be a big issue. Um, but yeah, I've definitely heard there's lots of events getting canceled. Um, the Asian weightlifting championships just got canceled. Um, the Arnold in the state, um, they closed it off to spectators. Um, so yeah, there's been lots of big uh, changes with all that, definitely. And f- from your perspective, I guess there's probably not a lot of uncertainty about the the senior nationals, I, I would expect those would still happen, but is there any kind of uncertainty that you're feeling as, you know, one thing gets canceled, do you worry that something else might be down the road? Um, I haven't really thought of it. I mean, I guess we'll just play it by ear and see how everything goes. Okay. So when is the uh, senior nationals and where is it? Um... May long weekend, and it's in Kelowna this year. Okay, so BC, West Coast seems to have more of a, an issue with the virus, so we'll see about that. But um, I guess mm-hmm. from your perspective, how cool is it, though, to be able to, to travel around and do something that you love doing like this? Yeah, it's definitely an awesome experience. Um, I get to travel to lots of places that people maybe wouldn't necessarily travel, um, like Romania, or last year I went to Fiji. Um, so yeah, it's definitely really cool. What is your long-term goal with weightlifting? Is there an, is there a, a thought to get to the Olympics? Um, I've never really thought about it. I mean, for me, it would be either in four years or eight years, which is a long time to think about. Um, so for me, it's just to keep having fun. Um, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't having fun. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, and then just try and keep improving in any way that I can. Where do you find the fun in weightlifting? Because I think for some people, they, they see people on the stage and it looks it looks very obviously difficult and you're putting your body under immense stress. So where do you find the joy in this? Um, in training, um, I train with people that I enjoy training with. Um, so all my friends. That's why um, when I'm in the gym, I train for an hour and a half, but I might be there for like two and a half hours because I'm talking to people and um, just really enjoying myself. Um, in competition, um, 
when my coach is there, we just kind of joke around and talk about all this random stuff, and which is different, which is a different approach than what a lot of other people have. Um, some people are pretty serious when it comes to competing, um, but for me, I perform better if I don't necessarily think about it. And do you think that maybe is one of the reasons why you've been able to be so successful is that you you maybe aren't taking it totally too seriously? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I've seen a lot of people who are not necessarily enjoying themselves, and a lot of the times they can't perform. Right. So when you get up on the stage at a competition, what's running through your head? Um, I basically just tell myself I can do it. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, I don't really think about a whole lot. So very clear focus. Yeah. Okay. Now, lastly, just for those who, who may not know, what are the movements that you are involved in in weightlifting? Um, so in competition... It um, consists of the snatch and the clean and jerk. Um, so the snatch is one fluid movement overhead, and it's typically in a wider grip. And then the clean and jerk has to stop at the shoulders and then go overhead. Um, so typically the clean and jerk is the heavier lift. Um, and then you get three attempts at both of them. Have you ever been injured doing this? I haven't, no. Okay. Well, that's that's good. No, Um yeah, I've been doing it since I've been 14, and uh, yeah, it actually improves your bone density a lot, um, so it's kind of a weird thing to brag about, but I like to brag about my bone density <laughs> and how when I'm older, I won't have osteoporosis. Well, that's good to, that's good to have for sure in your back pocket. Uh, do, you play any other <laughs> yeah. do you play any other sports? Um, I don't now, but in high school, I played volleyball, and um, I did figure skating as well. How much did weightlifting help you with those? Yeah, they definitely, um, or it definitely um, improved um, those aspects. Um, people would say that I looked stronger, um, you know, skating and stuff, for sure. Well, Rihanna, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today. To, uh, obviously, unfortunate you're not able to go to Romania uh, for this competition, but best of luck at the Senior Nationals. Let's hope those go ahead as planned. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?